0: but there's been a change so here I am and you got me so we're going to get it into the word of the Lord something the Lord's laid on my heart and I'm going to uh, begin by posing a question to you how many of you believe you're blessed you know that's the reaction you get most of the time, when especially when you're in a church and you ask the congregation how many feel they're blessed, but sometimes too often though we don't reflect that by our actions and our attitudes, and uh, we're we're blessed. And uh, if we really believe that, and we don't lose sight of it, lose focus of that, then each and every day, if we are blessed, we should be a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm with the right crowd then. Okay. You understood that when you woke up this morning, it wasn't by accident, right? When you still had breath in your body this morning, it wasn't by entitlement. When your children arose this morning in their right mind, it wasn't of some cause of some evolutionary guarantee. How many know that the scripture says as a believer, you should be blessed going in and coming out? That as a believer, you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. By the spirit of adoption, we can call him Abba Father. That as a child of God, you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That you know and believe the greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you believe these things and by these things alone, declared by the word of God, then you have the right to declare, I'm blessed. So if you believe his word, say it, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Isn't it amazing how far we have gone in our interpretation, though, of blessings in just 200 years of our American culture? We've come a long ways. From in the beginning, just having a family, land to grow crops on, food, our health, our faith, just the necessities of life were enough to be counted blessed. To now, our American culture interprets blessings more as as external things, such as cars, fashionable clothes, jewelry, phones, money, things of monetary value. And necessity items that were once enough to be considered blessed are now simply viewed as entitlements. It can be true that cars and houses and money can be counted as blessings. But the truth about these blessings, they are external, can be enjoyable, but they're temporal, means they will bring temporal happiness. Do you know how many external blessings there are that cost a lot of money or took a lot of work to acquire them? But yet they're sold for pennies on a dollar at yard sales and auctions are hauled off to junkyards every year why often they were seasonal things temporal things purchased by impulse they brought you a moment of happiness and it only became nothing more than clutter after a period of time they lost their value they depreciated what was once appreciated is no longer effective in emotional value why can we find an answer in the Bible about this scripture 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, Paul instructs us to look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He's saying external things are temporary things. They're temporary blessings. The world has its own ideals about what is valuable. Money, possessions, status, power, security, comfort, and legacy. But as the world defines these things... They are not transferable to eternity. The old saying goes, you can't take it with you and you won't see anybody pulling a hearse at their funeral. True, genuine blessings are the ones that last and last and they never lose their value. Things with eternal value are, by definition, they're valuable forever. These are the internal blessings and internal blessings are produced by eternal things. External blessings... Are not eternal blessings those cars and houses and hobbies and boats and money they're not eternal folks they will fade they will vanish they will rust and they will rot they will be destroyed at a certain point of their existence only internal blessings are found to be eternal blessings such as love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance because according to galatians 5 22 and 23 these are the fruits of the spirit they are received as spiritual blessings which have eternal value these are also the nine gifts of the spirit as well that are received as eternal gifts that produce eternal results jesus said those external things he can bless you with homes cars and boats but the temple they'll pass away they're just things designed for you to receive out of your overflow But those internal things that are in you they come straight from the source the spirit of god let me ask you where does the holy spirit dwell in you if he's in you you should you should be blessed internally and eternally and if he's in you then there should be something flowing out of you did he not say out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water he said if you be in me and i be in you so you see if the holy spirit's in you Then you're His. How are we regenerated? Regenerated, made new, transformed by the washing of the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. Come on, somebody. God dwells in the heart of man, therefore creating a well of salvation in your soul, where your soul, deep within your innermost being, shall produce a flow of living water. In the natural, we know if we want water, we can dig a well. Because we know that deep within the ground, there's water. We know it's there. If we dig a well and we find water, we now have access to it. But that's it. It's just down the ground and we know where it exists. So in order for us to get the water out of the ground, we have to have a pump that will cause it to flow out. And in order for the pump to work, we have to prime it. Priming causes a suction to begin that forces the water out of the ground to above the ground so that when it begins to flow, then we have a, have a pipeline for it to reach certain destinations. And when the water begins to flow out of the pipes, it does what? It does many things. It produces external blessings, such as it gives water to the thirsty. It literally saves lives. You use it to clean your clothes. You use it to cook. You use it to bathe, etc. So there's many uses. It's a necessity to natural life. It has many, say many. Benefits, or better yet, I like to use the word blessings. Now let's relate that to the Holy Spirit. The Word is the water. You're the well that houses it, the ground. Remember, we're made out of the dirt. Deep within you and your soul is the Word, the water. The Holy Spirit is the pump, the pressure. And worship is what primes the pump. Are you getting this? And our esophagus is the pipeline to get the water, get the Word out of your ground, out of your belly, to certain places. And the flow of it has many, he said, rivers, not river, benefits many blessings coming out of your well of living, not dead water, but eternal waters. Whereby you speak life, where you externally bless others, where you pronounce blessing upon one another. Remember, there's life and death in the tongue. But your tongue will not speak death if, death if out of your belly is flowing liver water and water is what the word as a result of what dwells in you and wells up inside of you those internal blessings will produce external blessings that's what happens around here when the holy spirit begins to move in his people people full of his spirit begin to hear the word preached which begins to cause the well of their salvation to rise up and what happens then they begin to worship And it begins to cause the Holy Spirit to prime them. And then the next thing you know, out of their belly begins to flow living water. I've seen God use many of you in this fashion. I've seen Bill Marvin be primed and pumped by the Holy Spirit. To the point it begins to flow out of him. And he begins to move all around this altar. And he starts laying hands on people. And they become blessed and touched by what is flowing out of Bill. And the next thing you know, we got a breakout of rivers of living water flooding this place. They weren't getting new cars or airplanes or money from Bill, but through Bill, they were getting peace and joy and love and healing and deliverance, being transformed, restored by stuff you cannot buy. It's a gift of God, it's a free gift at that. Internal, eternal blessings that came from Bill's internal overflow of external blessing. Because the Holy Spirit, through Bill's overflow, was able to bless many. So this is why Jesus said, greater things than this will you do by the power that worketh in you. Jesus knew that when he had ascended to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit. Then you will dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. It's then through, our, through you I can bless others. Because the power that dwells in you, which is me, can work mighty through you and everyone I dwell in. That's why you're blessed internally, eternally. It's so that you can be a blessing to someone externally. You got to get this. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because if you bless someone, you can't help but be blessed for being a blessing. You see, it's a flow. It's a continuous flow that is primed by the Holy Spirit as you worship him. The Holy Spirit is not a dead sea experience. It is a living water experience that rejuvenates the soul of a dry and thirsty people. It's a life-saving drink of water to the barren soul. It's the most refreshing and invigorating experience that can soothe your soul, calm your emotional storm, wash away your worries, and do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you can even ask or think. Did he not say that he inhabits the praises of his people? You see, when he's in you, he flows out of you. That's why we're always preaching it's communicable. It's contagious. It's abundant. That the fire of the Holy Spirit spreads like a wildfire. Out of your overflow, it's when external blessings are produced. Your internal, eternal, eternal joy will produce a long life of joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. If you're saved and say you're not happy, then start blessing someone and watch and see if you don't start feeling blessed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will begin to prime your old dry well and up will come from deep within your soul a well of living water. See if you don't start feeling fulfilled. See if you don't start believing that you have a purpose again. See if you don't start feeling alive again. The key to no dried up well springing up again is repentance. The Bible says to repent so that the times of refreshing can come. And you'll be regenerated by the washing of the word. That's the problem with sin. You see, sin only has pleasure for a season. In the beginning, it fascinates, it pleases the flesh, but in the end, it assassinates the spirit, leading to spiritual death. You must not become like as a sponge. Sponges don't produce. They simply absorb, and they dry up. You can't become like a leech. Leeches don't produce. They suck the life out of people, and they die. If you want to be blessed, bless someone with your gifts, with your time, with your talents, with your love, with your encouragement, with the internal things that produce external blessings to others. Edify the body of Christ. Exalt one another prefer your brother love your neighbor as yourself according to the scripture It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that keeps your mind from snapping It's the love of God that produces joy in your life It's the spirit that moves and breathes in you and through you to allow your life to prosper For as your soul prospers, so you shall you and your health See materialism is a substitute for a soul void of the spirit it's a counterfeit. It's not purpose driven. It's nothing more than a band aid, a fix, a substitute. But a soul that is driven by the Spirit is purpose driven. It's not void of faith. It's not void of confidence. It's not void of courage. It's primed and it's pumped and it's ready to be drawn from. Jesus says, All ye that are dry and thirsty, come unto me and drink, and you shall not thirst no more. All ye that are burdened and heavy laden, come to me, and I shall give you rest. You have to be filled and refilled. Why? So you will remain refreshed. And you know what it's like to drink a bottle of water on a hot day. Then you go back to work to only find yourself thirsty again. What do you do? You get another drink of water. And what does another bottle of water do for you? It refreshes you. You sweat the first one out, so you get another one which won't be the last one you'll drink that day. You'll keep refilling yourself. How many of you know, excuse me, how many of you like to take a bath in the same water every day? No, hopefully, you let it out and pour new water. Why? Because it's refreshing. You see, in the natural, we're constantly refreshing our bodies because we're constantly thirsting again and again. So should it be in the spiritual. You pour out God, you pour out, and God pours in. Jesus said, if we drink of his water, we'll never thirst again. Spiritually speaking, of internally, eternal, eternally things. Here's how it happens in the natural. You pour in, you pour out, and then you have to pour in again. Here's how it happens in the spirit. It's a constant flow of out and in, and out and in, and you'll never be thirsty again. But without a flow, you can become stagnant like a dead sea. What grows in a dead sea? Dead water. Pestilence. So when you're dry spiritually, you're going to find yourself irritable. You're going to find yourself frustrated. You're going to find yourself not easy to get along with. You're going to find yourself critical of people and things. Why? Because that pestilence, you don't have a constant flow of the spirit flowing through you and refreshing you and keeping you alive and vibrant. As a Christian, you must be like a tributary, a channel that God can flow through. I ask how many of you are blessed. Now I ask how many of you want to be a blessing? Want to speak life into someone else. Lord knows there's plenty of them in this hour who need it then you must be engulfed with a well of living water. No more than ever, every single one of us needs to be refreshed by the Spirit. Needs to be refocused and recognize how blessed we are. And ought to be focused on being a blessing so, so many people who are down and out need to be blessed. You want to be blessed? Be a blessing. Tonight, as Christians, I ask you, why are you always looking for a drink? A well to drink from when you should be the well with a constant flow supplied by the Holy Spirit, primed by worship, producing external blessings that produces eternal results in the lives of this world. And Matthew six, nineteen says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth with moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. There's nothing wrong with having things, being blessed with things, as long as things don't have you. Because what does their prophet Amanda gain the whole world only to lose his soul? The greatest blessings you can receive are eternal, not external. Tonight, I want you to ask God to refresh you and let the Holy Spirit revive you. Let worship, let it prime you. God wants you to leave here tonight refreshed and ready to bless someone if you truly believe you're blessed it ought to inspire you to worship to give thanksgiving to the blesser and your worship should prime you up to release praise from the depths of your soul because you are eternally secure in jesus christ the author and the finisher of your faith we ought to enter his courts with praise and rejoicing ought to flow out of our bellies for producing liters of living water, saturating this congregation with life. You know, a lot of people claim to be worshipers, whether it's occasionally or seldom or once a week or only at church. I believe God is wanting us to be faithful worshipers. And to express what I'm saying, I search for an example in Scripture of a faithful worshiper. And so often, we always pick David, and he was, but I came across someone else a woman who's only mentioned once in scripture and I found it in Luke 2 verse 36 through 37 It says there was a there was also a prophet Anna the daughter of penuel of the tribe of Asher She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 She never left the temple but worship night and day, fasting and praying. Now, I want to break down her attributes that I feel exemplifies what a faithful worshiper is. First of all, says she's a woman. A faithful worshiper is not based upon gender. Number two, says she was a prophetess. So, certainly, she was a Christian. Number three, she did not depart from the temple she was faithful to the house of god fourth she served god day and night day and night she worshiped in the temple speaks of how faithful she was to giving god glory her worship was not just confined to a single day it was not confined to a single service no she had a heart of worship now today we can't be here day and night but our body is the temple so there should be worship in our hearts Day and night. It should be a lifestyle. Not a day that goes by that we don't worship. We should worship him in the kitchen. Worship him in the car. Worship him in the job. Worship him in the classroom. Another thing. She was 84 years old. Which proves you're never too old. It speaks of her lifelong commitment. To be faithful to worship him. Not something she just did on Sunday. Or occasionally. And then, her husband died after only seven years of marriage. Shows shows <coughs> she had tragedy in her life, but yet she worshipped in spite of it all. As I say, no matter what I go through, I'm still going to worship him. And not only was she faithful to worship, she was just as faithful to prayer and fasting, which are both forms of worship. And one last point about being a faithful worship and how important it is to God. The Bible was written by men who were divinely inspired by God. So for Anna to be recognized had to be of importance to Jesus. I want you to see something, what was going on. Here is Jesus, prior to her being mentioned, getting dedicated in the temple by Simon. It writes of it, and right in the middle of describing the ceremony, it interjects Anna and her faithfulness to worship. I think it was to make the point how important it is to be faithful to our worship with Him. To say, where His presence is, there should be worship. And where there is worship, His presence will be. Signifying the importance of being a faithful worshiper. God's faithful does. And we should be faithful to worship him. Day and night, every day, we should worship him. David said, seven times a day I give him praise. That is a faithful worshiper. Not sometimes, not occasionally, not just on Sunday, but night and day and every day. Why? Because he has blessed you. And you want to worship him. And you want to thank him. If God has blessed you, you should be faithful to worship You should be faithful to him and thank him for his blessings because he is a good God and a great God, and he's worthy to be praised. Amen? You know what? There's a lot of things going on in our world right now, and everybody's talking about the election, I'm still praying and believing that there's going to be a turnaround. But even if not, if they take my president out, they'll not ever take... My blessings, and they'll never take my blesser out. My text, I saved for the end, instead of reading it first, because I wanted to speak to you. Matthews five, verse three: "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Jesus said you're blessed in spite of it all. As long as Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are blessed, and you are eternally secure. Amen? And I think you ought to give him praise right now for that. And as a way of praying tonight, I'm going to ask you to come and pray. But I think we ought to enter these altars tonight with thanksgiving in our heart. And you ought to recognize how you really truly are blessed. And it's not about the external things. It's about the internal, eternal things that God has placed in your heart and your life. And I think it would be great to come this night with a prayer of thanksgiving so i invite you danny you can start the music i invite you to come find yourself a place to pray a prayer of thanksgiving just thanking him thank you god i realize i'm blessed regardless i realize i'm blessed in spite of it all i will be a worshiper in spite of it all i worship you you have blessed me praise the name of the lord